0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 15 of the History Hotline. Today we will be talking about the life of Leroy Logan, who was a black police officer in the 1980s in Britain. And if you're anything like me, you may have just watched or watched yesterday or a few days ago, depending on when you're listening, um, the third instalment of Steve McQueen's Small Axe um, series of, um, you know, feature-length films that have been on on the BBC and available also on Amazon Prime. And the episode Red, White and Blue uh, aired on Sunday the 29th of November and it was about the life of Leroy Logan. So I thought we'd give that episode um, a little bit more context today and pick out some of the main points that came up in that episode and some of the key elements and I think things that were quite noticeable that are themes that run through Black British history, especially when it comes to policing, um, that were quite interesting to see kind of portrayed in the in the short film that I have just watched. So my plan for this episode today is to look at the life of Leroy Logan and the context of policing in London at the time, to also look at the family's reaction to his decision to join the police force and the community reaction, um which I think is highlighted really well in the uh, mini film. And then also his achievements after, um, you know, what was shown and portrayed by uh, Steve McQueen's film. And then the kind of aftermath of the story and who Leroy Logan is today, what he does um, and, you know, the little odds and ends that have made his life what it is. So, first of all, Leroy Logan was born in Islington in North London. He was the eldest child of parents who arrived from Jamaica and so that would make them part of the Windrush generation. So people we are familiar with um, in regards to that kind of migration pattern and their story. Um, he, his dad arrived in 1954 um, and then sent for his mom. Um, his mom was came to England. Um, after five years, she actually went back to Jamaica um, and took Roy and his sister Hyacinth, um, who was only a few months old at the time with her. Um, and so Leroy grew up, um, well, he spent three years in, in Spanish town, um, having been born in England, he'd gone back, well not gone back, he'd gone to Jamaica, his mum had gone back, um, bringing him with her, um, and a point he made, um, and he has a book that has, has recently come out, um, and his book is called My Life as a, Closing Ranks, My Life as a Cop, um. And it came out, I think, earlier this year. I haven't had the chance to read it yet. I do want to. Um, and so forgive me, you know, if I say anything that I should know. Um, maybe you've read the book already um, and you're listening to this after. Um, and you probably have more answers than me um, at this at this current stage in my research. But one thing I did find interesting is that um, in, you know, Leroy Logan's experience living in Jamaica um, in Spanish Town near Kingston, he said he saw black politicians black police officers black doctors in jamaica and he had a very different mindset than maybe someone that was jamaican or of jamaican descent and grew up in britain um you wouldn't see black people represented in forms of authority or in high spaces or well paying jobs um, apart from the token odd person um especially in the like early early waves of migration in the 50s and the early 60s and so he's kind of had this difference he a black police officer is not alien to him neither is a black doctor a black politician because that's his reality in Jamaica and it is really interesting actually because it's something I always notice um when I'm in Jamaica or when I've come back like kind of hits you that you don't have to think about your race while you're there because everybody essentially looks like you. Um, And whilst obviously, you know, you're still conscious of yourself in other ways, um, race isn't something you think about so much. And I will say that the burden that that can have, um, especially when you can contrast it with not having to think about race constantly, um, the burden that can have then on you in Britain, living in Britain as a black person, Um, it is very noticeable and it is quite heavy at times and so I thought that was quite interesting something that he thought and he pointed out um, from his experiences growing up as a child and not necessarily going through the um, British education system from an early age. Um, In primary school he was still in Jamaica so he wouldn't have gone through that in in England. So um, Leroy Logan is brought back to England um, and he goes through education and he becomes a scientist um, and his kind of decision is if he's going to go into medicine. I think there was a point in the um, film where it's kind of said, oh, you know, you're, you're going, to, you're meant to be a doctor um, next. Um, he's obviously, he's working in a lab um, as a scientist, um, thinking about going into something scientific, essentially. Um, however, he ends up as a police officer and you're probably thinking, well, how did that happen? So essentially, um, I think there were a series of events that, led up to Logan deciding to become a police officer. And um, one of them he speaks about is seeing um, a black police officer in his patrol car um, and walking past him. And also um, the two men that he meets um, at the gym that he goes to, um, which is like the racetrack um, that he runs on, um, and, you know, him getting chatting to them um, and then him figuring out that they're actually off-duty police officers um his boss um, at his laboratory um, said and commented that, you know, he had quite an outgoing character, which is quite clear, actually, in the depiction of him uh, by John Boyega, who did a fantastic job, I will say. Um, and yeah, so um, he was asked by his professor, Professor Roy Pounder, um, you know, if he'd ever thought of the police, um, because a life in a lab would be something you know quite dull for such an outgoing character essentially um and logan apparently said do i look like a white racist um and i think that literally perfectly sums up and highlights exactly the the perception of the police at the time like they were just known as racists you know walking around in their bully vans um terrorizing people especially black people you know if we go back to the mangrove nine i feel like i say every episode But that was the key, I think, example of that. But we have to remember, whilst the Mangrove Nine happened and we know about it, I can probably imagine that there were tens if not hundreds more mangrove nines that happened that we don't know about, that their stories haven't been recorded or, you know, they haven't had a mini film about what happened to them um, and their cases didn't didn't go to court in the same way. But those antics um, of the police intimidating and bullying black people um not just in in their businesses or in their homes, but on the streets with stop and searches and the sus laws that were a thing, especially in the 80s um, and especially targeting young black men. Um, They were all very, very much to have an impact on black people and black men's decision to join the police force, especially as early as the 80s. Now, there was already a black police officer Um, Obviously, we've said Logan has spotted one. And there have been black police officers in the Met. I think the earliest one was in 1967, um, and he's a man called Norwell Roberts. He's the first black police officer in the Metropolitan Police. So, in an interview with the BBC earlier this week, um, Leroy Logan said that at the time um, when, you know, he was a research scientist and debating joining the force, he just kept thinking there's, like, no way... I'll leave the world of science. I'll be going against my father. His father wanted him to be a scientist and that's exactly what he was doing. Um, And he just felt like the call, he said, was just constantly nagging him. Um, And just kind of... He just felt there were just so many signs that were pointing him towards policing. Um, And, you know, obviously you might be thinking, what a crazy man. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you ever want to put yourself in a position where you are essentially donning a uniform that upholds so many things that threaten your life in regards to institutional racism, Um, you know, police brutality, the way that police are treating black people at the time. It's crazy to me. But then also, which I think the film did really do really well um, in the way that they explored... um, Leroy Logan's motivations for for being in the force and for wanting to make a positive change from within because his argument essentially was you know it's all well and good um talking about how bad the force is and how you know it needs to change um but sometimes you actually just have to work within to change it um and that's essentially what he tried to do now this is where the story goes a bit uh it just gets a bit sticky um so, in 1983, whilst working at um, a research lab, L- Leroy Logan receives a call um, and his father, Kenneth, who wanted him to be a scientist, was happy that that's what he was doing, um, was beaten up by the police. Um, he was parked up on, like, kind of, I think it's it was a street, but apparently it was blocking a highway. But his dad was adamant that he wasn't. He took out his tape measure and literally measured and had clearly been following the code that he was not um, blocking the highway. Um, It was in the vicinity and presence of eyewitnesses who saw um, the police, you know, came up to him, approached him, um, did not like his attitude, essentially. Um, Some would say he failed the attitude test that he probably didn't even know he was taking um, and the police beat him up. When his son went to visit him in the hospital, when he heard the news while he was at work, he couldn't even um, notice him. He walked straight past him. He was that badly beaten and bruised. Um, his his face was completely battered um, from the beating. He had two black eyes. And, you know, to to make matters worse and add insult to injury, he also faced charges of obstruction and resisting arrest, which is just so interesting because... It's just the same <laughs> the same charges that they apply to protesters or to, to generally, more generally, black people that they feel like, quote-unquote, fail the attitude test or aren't acting in a way that the police would like them to. And so this was a context in which Leroy Logan was to become a police officer, his personal life context. You might be thinking, well, after that incident, Why would you then still decide to go through with a policing application? So he'd put in an application prior to that incident with his dad. And then, obviously, you know, his application had been processed and gone through. And by the time that had happened, um, and in the aftermath of it, of the incidents of police brutality with his father, he is offered um, a spot on the force to train. And unfortunately, his dad um, finds out... By um, the police visiting his house because they came to just check that um, his address was correct and to verify his address. I'd shared the sentiments of black people, um, some black people at the time, that would say, you know, if you are a black person becoming a police officer, you're a bit of a sellout um, to to the black race, to the black community because of what the police were doing to black people Um, and obviously having gone through what he had gone through um, only weeks prior um, he must have been completely outraged, shell-shocked, confused um, as to why his son was going to decide you know of all the things to do when he's clearly on a great trajectory into being a research scientist and getting into medicine. Um, You know he's decided to be a police officer. Um, I think his dad hung up on him when he spoke to him on the phone and you know his family didn't really understand why this was what he was choosing to do and so logan you know he gets into the police force um, eventually and is a police officer and you know there is obviously pushback from his family especially his dad his dad's case is is dropped he doesn't get his day in court as he wanted to which is made clear in the film film's depiction of it um, he, you know, the, the charges are dropped probably because uh, Leroy Logan makes a very good impression when he joins a police force um, and becomes in some ways the face of the force um, in regards to their drive to increase the numbers of, of black police officers. And so with the work that he's doing there, I think he's he's able to without actually asking or even mentioning it, although the police officers do know um, what has happened with his dad only months or weeks prior. Um, you know, that that case is dropped and the charges are dropped. Um, and so Leroy Logan's career in the, the police force is, is about a 30-year one. Um, so he does stick it out. And one thing about the, the film, if you haven't seen it, um, it does kind of stop at a point very early on in his career so it's quite difficult to to know what kind of comes next and i think that's what we'll talk about um in a little bit more depth here because i don't know i would argue that the best was left out um some of the work that leroy logan went on to do was absolutely incredible and i felt like this is not necessarily a critique of the film because it could only be a certain amount of time and I think it highlighted some really key points of institutional racism, of the culture of policing um, and the way police officers, white police officers treated um, new recruits that were black or Asian, especially. Um, And I think that is definitely portrayed very well and very clearly by the short film. However, that's not all there is to this story. Um, And, I would like to say and to note that Leroy Logan he did you know climb through the ranks obviously, facing overt covert levels of racism discrimination microaggressions physical abuse you know his his um, officers that were meant to be supporting him didn't back him up on on arrests he was beaten up by by criminals by people that he was trying to arrest um and didn't didn't have the backup and that was just kind of one case that was portrayed in the film. And I don't want to detract from all that, but I would obviously suggest if you haven't watched it, to watch it. This episode will make a little bit more sense, but you don't have to. You can still keep listening. Um, because I'm going to talk about the, the bits that the film kind of left out and the things that he achieved despite the adversity he faced in the force. And so, as I said, he, he rose up the ranks. He retired as a superintendent in 2013. So his he became an officer in, yeah, 1983. And by 2013, he became a superintendent. Um... He also contributed to the Damalola Taylor inquiry, Um, and if you don't know about that, then Damalola Taylor was a 10-year-old boy who was murdered by two um, young men in London in 2000. Um, He was only 10 years old, he was on his way back from the library, um, and he was stabbed in the leg um, and left to die um, in a stairway on his way home. And Leroy Logan was uh, one of the people that contributed to the Damalola Taylor inquiry, which looked at the way the police had handled the murder um, and the failings that they had made in regards to forensic information and also in regards to, I think, keeping the records of, and the forensic records of people that should have been kept on a database um, that would have made it easier to identify the perpetrators of this crime, um, but they had not done that. And also um, he worked on, you know, fighting knife crime in London and also um, worked, you know, in the Met um, during the 2012 London Olympics um, and the kind of policing of that event. And he also um, was one of the officers that escorted Princess Diana around uh, during her visit to the Cadet Corps, um, which he helped to found. And I think he speaks more about that in his book, actually. So I would definitely, if you want to know more about that interaction, um, you know, a whole Princess Diana uh, was escorted uh, by um, Leroy Logan. I found it interesting that that wasn't in the um, short film. It would have been, I think it would have been great. I think the contrast with, you know, him being responsible for a royal and her treatment whilst taking a tour of the police um, cadet corps and him kind of starting out, dealing with all this racial prejudice and discrimination from people that are meant to protect and serve him also and and work alongside him for so he can do that um that contrast i think would have been really nice to see also um and probably most notably, um, he did many notable things, um, as you can, can gather. Um, he was elected the first chair of the National Black Police Association. Throughout his time in the force, he was consistently undermined by rumours and lies spread about him and just elements of like overt racism against him. Um, and essentially, he was promoted to chief inspector. And as I said, he was chair of the MBPA. Um, and then he kind of heard rumours of an investigation. Um, he was served with a disciplinary notice claiming that he had defrauded the home office out of £80 in his role um, in the NBPA. Um, and imagine his defence team, um, when this all went to tribunal, was leading civil rights lawyer Sadiq Khan. Who knew? I did not know that Sadiq Khan did anything outside of politics before being London Mayor um let alone being a civil rights lawyer um and so he was his defense like that is absolutely insane to me and I've seen pictures of Leroy Logan and Sadiq Khan but I didn't know that this was the context of why they know each other um in the end after a process of long and grueling interviews he was judged to have no case to answer but Leroy Logan was like no um this isn't the end of this because this is clearly um, a case of, you know, racism within the force. And he took the Met to an employment tribunal whilst working at the Met. You know, the Met is paying him, he's on their payroll. He said, you will not go down without being publicly shamed. Um, And he secured a settlement for himself um, and also a review of other outstanding tribunal and civil court cases that were also being pursued by black officers. So not only did he help himself um, in that situation and get justice for himself, he also opened the door to do that for others. Um, We often, you know, see cases of people making it out of marginalized communities into positions of power and not and forgetting to reach back down to help those that are also trying to work their way up these ladders Um, and he does exactly that and there are so many instances in his career of him doing that and I'm so annoyed that this show didn't Um, go further into his career and into his life and I understand that it would have been hours and hours long because this man has lived a life and that is definitely undeniable however there were so many things that I just wanted to see on screen that I didn't get to see um, which is a bit upsetting Steve McQueen I'm sorry I do love you so in interviews um, with different journalists and in his book um, Leroy Logan speaks a lot about policing today and policing especially with young people and the relationship that the police have with young people, not just black young people, but other young people. And he said, which I think was quite interesting, I see a real hatred for police officers again. I am shocked by the things young people say to me about the police and the level of violence towards police officers. So many things we've achieved are being eroded in terms of working with communities and involving them in how they are policed. And our black officers are stuck in the middle of that. And I think I would... I would agree. What do I know about the police? Um, but, you know, my, my small, small research, um, I would also agree with his point. I think that after the murder of Stephen Lawrence in 1993 and the report that followed, the McPherson report, report, um, which declared the London Metropolitan Police as institutionally racist, and then all the kind of initiatives and action that kind of came in as a result of that ruling... That created a lot of change, and I think in the result of that, um, and in the aftermath of that, those changes have slowly been reversed. I wouldn't necessarily blame it on any specific government, but there has been one specific government in power for the past 10 years, and the way in which they have allowed i think police to hold themselves accountable as opposed to you know them as the government holding police accountable uh, for the things that they do um it's it's clear because relationships um between communities and the police are deteriorating and and i think it's it's very clear to see um when you've got certain issues such as as knife crime um that the police are struggling to fight because of i'd say um, a lack of cohesion with the communities that they're serving. And that's enough of me and my political analysis of the week. Um, so back to Leroy Logan and his life. Um, he was given an MBE in the year 2000. Um, unfortunately, his parents passed away in 2000 and 2001. Um, but when he went to to collect this honour, um, his his father, Kenneth Logan, he leaned over and said to him, I suppose you did the right thing joining the police and I just think that that is is in some ways quite beautiful and I wish (laughs) I'm not a director either I'm giving my two cents where people probably don't even want to hear my two cents but that would have been a really nice way to end the show maybe I don't know because that kind of tension with him and his father was not really resolved in the in the show you don't really get to find out what he thinks about that and whilst I can imagine and understand that resentment resentment he must feel throughout his life essentially because of the horrific experience he had had with the police and um, this is Leroy's dad Leroy Logan's father um, I understand uh, at the point you know in 2000 his father in some ways makes peace with his decision and his choice to embark upon this journey of becoming a police officer And the things he achieved in his career are remarkable for anyone, let alone a black man that was facing the institutional racism that he was facing, the overt racism from his colleagues, from the superiors, from the people he was policing, and the backlash from black people, um, which I think was very, very clear in the show, which portrayed wonderfully um, and very accurately Um, because he was he was called a Judas he was called a traitor he was called a sellout he was called all these things Um, and he's still you know in some ways managed to to achieve so much and you might be thinking well you know what the police is still institutionally racist now it's still disproportionately stopping searching black people black people are still being terrorized and brutalized by the police in this country and you'd be absolutely right to say that and maybe we could ask a question if there were I don't know, like, hundreds of thousands of Leroy Logans, maybe. Would things have changed? Would more black police officers have been the solution? I mean, I doubt it because, as we know, representation is, is not the only key. Um, however, the things that he achieved, I think, were slightly under underplayed by that, that narrative um, in Small Axe this week. However, I thoroughly enjoyed um, the series so far. And I hope that the next two I think are also great because and it's just nice I think to have these stories told in a mainstream place and on a mainstream channel um that is BBC one um and so yeah props to, to all the actors to to Stephen Queen, and they are my points for 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 the show for Lee, Leroy Logan's life um I think we've we've unpacked a lot today there's been been quite the the mix um so if you haven't already watched, that episode I think you should and if not if you've already watched it then you're two steps ahead of the game have a wonderful week thank you so much for listening goodbye